Welcome to Hire It Advisor, the Baker Tilly podcast dedicated to providing insightful guidance and leading practices for college, university, and research institution leaders and board members, experts and thought leaders in higher education finance, institutional operations, collegiate athletics and esports, health and wellness, data analytics, and more. Join our podcast host, higher education practice leader Dave Capitano for bi-weekly episodes to discuss the latest news in higher education and the impact these trends and changes have on the industry. This is where you come to learn what's really going on behind the scenes at colleges and universities across the country. Hello, and welcome to our Higher Ed podcast series on fiscal resiliency. My name is Christine Smith. I'm a managing director with Baker Tilly. And if you've listened to our past podcast, you remember Raina Rose Tagel, Tim Myers, and I have discussed several fiscal resiliency topics, including the current resiliency landscape for higher ed, the importance of realigning strategy and footprint to ensure fiscal resiliency, tips and tools for fiscal modeling and analysis, and the board's role in making strategic decisions to achieve fiscal resiliency. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting a podcast where I'm welcoming my colleagues, Jeff Haynes and Kayla Flint from our enterprise solutions team to talk about transformation opportunities in higher ed and how colleges and universities can specifically leverage tools and partners like Oracle to drive innovative change across an institution and enhance fiscal resiliency. Jeff and Kayla, thanks so much for joining Higher Ed Advisor podcast. Can you please say a little bit about yourself to our listeners before we jump into the discussion? Yeah, thank you very much, Christine. My name is Jeff Haynes, and uh, I'm a part of Baker Tilly's Enterprise Solution Practice, and specifically, uh, our our practice uh, implements uh, Oracle Cloud software, and it's it's really much more than just implementing technology. It's it's advising along the way. Of course, at the end of the day, we we do implement cloud technology, but we definitely wear a, a management consultant's hat as we go through that. And I think Kayla will elaborate a little bit on on that in her introduction, but just by, by way of personal introduction, I've been with Baker Tilly about five years. I was with Oracle for about four years before that. So I've kind of been involved in this Oracle cloud space about nine years. And even prior to Oracle, I, I worked for a, a large human resources consultancy called Mercer. And within that, I, I worked on a lot of HR issues in higher education. So I do have a special interest in higher education and, and really enjoy this this combination of cloud technology and its intersection with digital transformation and what we're seeing in higher ed. So thank you very much for having me today. Kayla Flint here. Again, thank you for having us. I am responsible for leading Baker Tilly's Oracle Cloud practice. Our Oracle Cloud team has really transformed over the years to focus on kind of the back office implementation and transformation work for clients. So really everything that is operational to an organization in terms of human capital, financials, planning, and performance of an organization, and then all the analytics that sit around that. So our team um, is focused on transformation in those areas. I would say, you know, big things for our team is really focusing on kind of the strategy enablement, right? So we're, we're not here to just kind of implement technology, but really think about process optimization, redefining and rethinking processes and the way and the places where where work is done as part of our transformations. We do a lot of change management and adoption in terms of focusing on the tool, 
but making sure that that tool is, is utilized for the betterment of the business process as an output. I've personally been with the firm for just over 10 years um, and have started my career kind of in the HCM and NHR space. I mean, over the last several years have created more of a dual focus on Oracle's ERP products as well. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. That's great context for, for having this, this conversation. And so let's dive right in and talk a little bit about effectively leveraging tools for fiscal resiliency. You know, over the last year here at Baker Tilly, we've seen a lot of activity with clients who are planning, you know, forecasting, budgeting to try to address issues around affordability, decreasing enrollments, shrinking federal and state funding. And so what I'd be really curious about, Jeff and Kayla, is specifically, how are you supporting clients in these areas from a technology perspective? When we think about implementing technology, you know, historically, what you're looking to do is, is automate. You're looking to find more efficient solution. You're looking for a more effective solution. And generally, you know, this type of work around financial modeling, financial planning, scenario building has been done sort of as a, as a point in time, you know, usually using a database, using Excel, you know, maybe even on a cycle of like once a year. And I think given this current environment that we're in, there's this, there's more of a need for just a constant, ongoing, dynamic, really connected planning that has just been accelerated into the marketplace, both the market of higher education, but the marketplace of technology, right? It's this ability to connect and bring together lots of bits of disparate data, set this really strong foundation, and then enable our clients to iterate over and over, not having to build from scratch, say once a year, build a spreadsheet, but basically have this tool ongoing. I really think that point in time spreadsheet is a thing of the past. And really what we're working with our clients on now is automating and creating an ongoing dynamic tool that they could use throughout the year. Christine, I would say that we've also seen, probably because of the pandemic, a greater need from our clients to automate that connectivity throughout, throughout the institution. So what I mean by that is, you know, that point in time modeling that Jeff was alluding to of the past, that really has been something that's happening real time, needs to happen quickly and fast, but it also has to involve a lot of additional people, right? So it used to sit in the, in the finance silo kind of independently, but because of the speed, because of the multiple scenarios and the changing drivers on a daily and weekly basis, that ability to involve Others throughout the institution is really important because building the model is one thing, but then being able to act on it um, requires individuals outside of finance. And so that speed to getting the output, to getting the modeling, and then to getting the action plan into the hands of those that are responsible for enabling it is, is really important. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so by, I guess I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about what you're saying about that sort of need to have the holistic viewpoint and to have it in a real-time dynamic fashion. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, there's multiple ways to leverage technology when, when you're thinking about creating that sort of a input into decision-making around fiscal resiliency. What recommendations would you have for universities who are considering making the move from a more manual modeling or a less sophisticated, less holistic modeling perspective to, to that which you described? Christine, I'll take that one. You know, I always recommend that if an organization is looking to automate a manual process or take a spreadsheet to a more, you know, modern, especially cloud-based tool, uh, really to assist with any important business function, 
you know, they really need to expect new and better business outcomes. So if just looking to automate for the sake of automation typically isn't the right answer. What you're looking for is not just more efficiency, so that's automation, but really more effectiveness, right? It's it's about expecting and delivering new ideas, new potential business outcomes back to the organization. So again, just sort of looking at the technology implementation as an opportunity to maybe break down or tear down certain legacy practices, or maybe you've had blinders on around particular policies, particular business processes that you want to just completely rethink. And this is the opportunity to sort of drop the sheet, reimagine the entire modeling forecasting scenario building function, and to really, you know, expect more than than what you've been able to deliver on in the past. And I think that's really where the return on investment for these, uh, you know, process redesign and, and new tools, it's on the effectiveness. It's on being able to deliver something new that you've never been able to deliver before. Yeah, that's that's really important, I think, for people to be sort of contemplating, you know, what is what is the ROI? And so, you know, I guess I'm just wondering, Kayla, if you can talk a little bit more about how has the Oracle cloud practice specifically leveraged the capabilities of Oracle to kind of address that need and to address some of the challenges that you might face as you're trying to get that more holistic view across an enterprise? Yeah, absolutely. So we've partnered with Oracle to develop and really hone a fiscal resiliency solution for higher education. And this solution allows institutions to really look at that short-term focus on cash and liquidity concerns and create financial models to assist in evaluating some of those more major changes for their institution. So this offering is powered by Oracle's financial planning and strategic modeling tools in their cloud applications. And it really provides a detailed cost and revenue analysis of the potential changes that an institution must consider. When we think through what those changes and what those potential drivers, performance indicators, benchmarks really look like, we then layer on the what-if scenarios. Um, And then we model out what those accompanying financial reports would look like to really give an illustration of the impact for some of the decisions that organizations are considering. Some examples um, that we've included in our past include analysis of financial aid encouraging enrollment growth. And we look at things like trends in various revenue sources, such as meals, housing, on-campus events, as well as the profit and loss of specific academic programs. So frankly, Christine, the, the analysis that we can do is really limitless using this tool. Yeah, and I think that from my experience and seeing a little bit of what this tool can do, you know, really that ability for it to kind of look at the interrelationship between variables and drivers and really to help out, you know, as you push on one driver in the scenario analysis, you talk about how much it allows you to see both short-term and long-term then across all of your sort of financial management factors, what what might actually occur within your institution so you can make decisions now um, to to avoid things that you don't want to have happen or to encourage things that you do want to have happen. It's a fascinating opportunity for for all of our higher ed clients out there to really align themselves with the tools necessary to make the appropriate decisions. Knowing that this is a little bit of, you know, uncharted territory ahead of us in terms of just went through kind of an unanticipated crisis that no one could have predicted, how are you helping educate college and university clients to build the muscles they need to do this and to kind of be able to predict the unpredictable, so to speak, within their institutions? 
Kayla, I'll have you respond to this. Yeah, so really for us, you know, it comes down to knowledge transfer. So in our minds, really in anything that we're, we're doing, we're doing it alongside with an organization, with an institution, not doing it for them, we're doing it with them. And so we really like the, the institution side to be highly involved uh, collaborators throughout the process, right? So let's together think about what are those drivers? What drivers have been used in the past? What are some new drivers that we want to bring to the table as things to consider? You know, coming up with the best KPIs together and then ultimately learning the associated setup in the system is important to the institutions that we're working with. And so we want them to not only help to inform what those drivers, what those KPIs are, but then learn how they manifest in the technology. During in our Oracle implementations, we're always following, you know, very detailed knowledge transfer plans throughout the course of the project so that our clients can self-sustain, not just the process, but the governance and the maintenance of the tools as well. I would just add to that, Christine, you know, I think with any kind of forecasting or predictive analytics exercise or analysis that an organization's going through, always the last step has to be being prepared to act and, and to actually execute on these informed decisions that have been informed through the forecasting and analytics. And I think that's another muscle I think that has to be built. You know, it's the skills for implementing the required actions coming out of the financial modeling. And at the same time, it's being courageous, if you will. And, and I think especially in the face of what we've all gone through, and especially the, the higher education space over the last year, it takes a lot of fortitude to stare down some of these issues, to evaluate these drivers and to, and to really take perhaps like once in a career types of decisions that will really mold what the institution is going to look like, you know, over the next 12, 24 months. But, but frankly, maybe, maybe for the foreseeable future in terms of the way it delivers to its students. You paint a, a really compelling picture for how, you know, an institution could modernize um, its approach and, and improve the specific financial management and financial decision-making processes. How, how do you, can you say a little bit more about how you typically start with a client? Because I think we find oftentimes that's, that's the hardest thing. Where do we start? Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump in with this one. You know, as, as Jeff mentioned before, this isn't just a technology implementation. And so I think that is really important out of the gate is to continuously think back to what are we trying to enable um, from a strategic perspective as an institution? So our approach from the beginning is to really break down kind of the, the barriers of the past, break down kind of that preconceived expectation um, for what the final result will look like and build an entirely new way of thinking. We traditionally start with kind of that, that foundational data set, looking at that data, seeking out new sources of data, scrubbing, validating, kind of cleaning up the data and understanding where's the best use and fit for this information kind of based on those those future drivers and, and key performance indicators. We then begin what we call kind of a harmonization phase where we bring together the stakeholders. And in this kind of new way of thinking, that group of stakeholders can be a lot bigger than it has in the past, right? So there's people implications, there's there's faculty, staff implications on these decisions that are being made. Um, we need to bring those stakeholders together to really make sure that we're thinking about all lenses of, of the output of these models. We explore options and ideas and really investigate those, those drivers. And at this point, really everything is fair game. Um, and we're encouraging clients to, to take the blinders off and to think about what are the options um, and really kind of imagine the, the art of what's possible. 
if you notice, Christine, I really have not mentioned anything about technology yet. So we start with really thinking of those kind of key foundational building blocks, really agnostic of the technology. But then as we start to continue the process and work together, we educate and inform really what the tools can do um, and what functionality can be offered, where we can automate and expand our purview based on the capabilities of the cloud technology. Um, and then we start to design and build the scenarios, build the reports and dashboards, you know, bring together the data and metrics to then ultimately do the analysis on, right, and figure out the, the so what behind the models to really drive that efficient and effective decision-making, not manually, but perpetually anticipating kind of that refinement and driving that institutional muscle that Jeff alluded to, not only to be able to sustain that technology, but sustain that action planning and that enablement long-term. So Kayla, it sounds like you have a really well thought out approach to what can otherwise, you know, be a pretty complex and, and hard kind of transformation within an, within an organization or an institution to try to get many different perspectives and stakeholders and decision makers on the same page about, first of all, you know, how do we sort of lay out the approach we're going to take to defining our data and then how do we use that data to make decisions. And so I appreciate the simplicity of the approach you describe for really helping to navigate what I think we've heard from a lot of clients is been quite a challenging thing to, to achieve, although very necessary. So really have appreciated your time today and learning specifically how, how our higher ed clients can collaborate with Baker Tilly to le leverage the tools that are available to drive fiscal resiliency. Um, thanks to both Kayla and Jeff. It was a great conversation. Appreciate your insights. And I ask all of our listeners to please stay tuned for our next podcast, which will be specifically on strategic integrations. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. To receive notification when new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly US wherever you get your podcast.